All right, this is the service that uh, all of us dads love the best because this is the Sunday that all of us dads get to drink root beer during the service. So uh, uh, I'm going to invite the kids up. So you're going to help me pass out root beer to all the dads. We got Owen. We need more than Owen up here. We might have to hire other people too. Yeah, we can get other people up here. We've got all this root beer over here. It's still cold, I'm sure. Look at this. Ugh. And if you're a dad or a grandpa, you can stand up, and then when you get your root beer, you can, you can sit down, and you can start drinking it whenever you want. So you can grab one of these, and we've got to give everyone who's standing up gets one of these, one of these bottles of root beer. Who are you going to give it to there, Owen? Looks like a couple more back there. Oh, I think we got everybody. I want to have one. Well, you can talk to me after the service about that, okay? Yeah. <laughs> All right. And if you're going home to uh, a dad and you're going to have, there's some more up here, you can grab one for your, uh, your dad if he's not here today and gift him with that. And uh, I guess we're going to do Sunday school, so. Whoever's heading off to Sunday school, grade two and under, can come up here too. We'll pray. We've got Mark and Sarah teaching today. We don't need to oh, it's going to be a super fun class then, hey? Yeah. It's Isaac, right? No. You got a, did you get a haircut? or just, yeah. Did you get you got a haircut? That's why. Uh, now I can't tell you apart. <laughs> All right, let's pray. God, I thank you for Wyatt, and I thank you for Owen. God, I thank you just for uh, how they bless us here. And uh, God, I thank you for their love for you. And we just pray your grace in the class today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. You head back and see Mark and Sarah there. Yesterday was a big day for some of us. Ripped out the kitchen floor, a whole uh, whack of us, and uh, I don't know, maybe you can ask Curtis for a tour after, but there's no floor in the kitchen, just dirt. So uh, if you're uh, willing to help out this week, we're starting again on Tuesday, 8.30 in the morning, and we will probably be working all week. So if you're able to volunteer as we put a new floor back in place, that would be, uh, that would be great. And uh, I guess also we should extend a welcome to a uh, new married couple here, Cara and Michael Presley here. Happy here. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right, uh, we are going to get into our second message here in the book of Ephesians. Uh, we just started a series last week and uh, kind of entitled the series, You're Richer Than, You're, Than You Think, because... The whole book of Ephesians basically is a book that's just reminding us how incredibly blessed we are. I mean, just every page is just like, wow, this is amazing what Christ has done for us and the authority and the power and, and the identity we have in Jesus. And, uh, and this book really is a book, as uh, most theologians agree, is a book about identity. 
It is a book about who you are. Uh, It's a a book where we should get our definition of who we are from. We don't get our definition from our job, uh, what we do, or what other people say, or what we think. We get our definition from being in Christ, as explained in the book of Ephesians. So last week we talked about how we're all saints. It's how Paul opens this letter that, that to the church of Ephesus, to the saints, and that we are all saints. Uh, we talked about that, how we need to make sure that we get that inner identity, that we don't identify ourselves as, as a sinner, but as a saint. That the title for saint is used over 60 times in the New Testament, talking about who you are. And the, and the word means to be holy or set apart. The idea of us in Christ as sinners is only talked about maybe two or three times. And so we talked about all the, 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 the issues of walking in life, seeing ourselves as solely sinners rather than, than saints. And if you miss that message, you can catch it on, online. But today we're going to talk about being seated with Christ. Uh, let's jump in. Ephesians 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to God's holy people or saints, as the other versions put it, we talked about that last week in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. And we talked about that phrase, being in Christ Jesus, that that is the most common name for a follower of Jesus in the Bible. Over 200 times you are defined by being in Christ, that it is all about being in Christ. Then he says, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes on and says, praise to Uh, Be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says this, Who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. That we are blessed. And notice that this is not future. It's not like we are going to be blessed with every blessing, you know, one day when we get to heaven. He says, Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with Every, not just some, not just a couple, not just what you can find in your pocket, with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And we as believers, we are far richer than we think. And again, the whole book talks about all these blessings, but man, we we are blessed sometimes physically, sometimes emotionally, sometimes financially, but we are always blessed every time spiritually. This is past tense, and sometimes we just need to sit back and remind ourselves just how blessed we are, and that's what this whole book is about, to remind us that we are far richer in Christ than we could ever, ever imagine. Now, it says here that we have been blessed in the heavenly realms, and this is where we're going to camp on today, the idea of being in the heavenly realms. This is where the, the major blessing is. It says he's blessed us in the heavenly realms, and it's there we're blessed with every spiritual blessing. So what in the world is the heavenly realms? I can define it this way. Uh, the heavenly realms is, is the unseen spiritual world. Uh, biblically, it can refer to either God's activity or demonic activity. It's basically the realm of the spirit. This is what the Bible defer, the, defines as the heavenly realms. And it's in this realm we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. It is a realm that in some ways is like uh, another dimension. And if you think about it this way, if you, if you drew a sort of a line on page, you might 
Consider that, I mean, I'm not a mathematician, or, but I, that's one dimension, okay? You consider one dimension, but if you take that and you stretch that line, you can move it, maybe stretch it to a square, and all of a sudden you have, you have two dimensions. And then you can stretch that even further into three dimensions, and we live in this three-dimensional world. But picture stretching this again into another dimension. This is, this is the spiritual realm. Now, we cannot see a, a fourth dimension necessarily, but you know, mathematicians can write formulas for it. And this is the idea of the, the heavenly realms, the spiritual world is, is you got to see it as like another dimension, not that's far away, but is very much ingrained in everything that is happening even here today. The heavenly realms are not some place far away, but are, are very close. In fact, Ephesians says this about the heavenly realms, and Ephesians talks about the heavenly realms more than any other book. It says, for our struggle, I don't know what you're struggling with today, but we all have struggles now and then. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. That's not against like one, two, three-dimensional issues. It's, he says it, it's about other things. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in, and there's our word, the heavenly realms. So Paul is saying that our struggle is not about just necessarily physical things or things we can grab, but the major issues behind all of our struggles or a lot of our struggles is something taking place in the heavenly realms. That the heavenly realms is, is interfering or blessing the, the, everything that we're involved with today, tomorrow, today, or, or even right now. Uh, there are angels at work and demons at work in the heavenly realms. Hebrews 1 talks about angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. Uh, there are angels in this room right now. Uh, angels are sent by God to care for us as saints. Uh, we can't see them, but they're here. This is this other dimension. This is the heavenly realms. There, there are angels, and this is why uh, angels are there for protection and for blessing, and God uses them to build us up. But there are also demons in this room, in this other dimension. I mean, uh, 1 Peter 5, 8 says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil, or uh, his, his little comrades, demons. They prowl out around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Uh, demons are at work. Uh, trying to snatch the word of God from your ear, from your heart, trying to distract you from what's being said, trying to remind you of all your worries and problems and how pathetic you really, you know, that they, they say you are. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in the heavenly realm, so much that Paul says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's about stuff going on in the heavenly realms. But it's in this realm that Paul says that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. One story that might illustrate the fact that the heavenly realms are closer than you think, that they're more ingrained in our life than we ever think, is the story uh, found in Kings where the king of Aram wants to capture Elisha because Elisha, through, through the Spirit of God, has given away some military secrets to his friends. And, and so Aram takes his army and surrounds the village where Elisha is. And it says this. When the servant, that's uh, Elisha's servant, of the man of God, that's Elisha, got up and went out early the next morning. An army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. 
And you can imagine saying, what? I mean, there's a whole army around us and it's just us two. What do you mean there's more with us than with them? And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around. Elisha, this, this army of angels all around. I tell you, if we could just have our eyes opened into the heavenly realms, I think we'd be blown away at what's going on. What's going on when it comes to your struggles and your issues and your marriage difficulties and your financial problems and your, even maybe your health? I mean, it, it is so ingrained. It is so close to everything. Again, the Paul says, man, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against these, these issues in the heavenly realms. And this is where we're blessed. In the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now, we are part of the heavenly realms. Now, we're here, but we're also actually part of the heavenly realms. That it's not something distant from us, but we are actually a part of it. Ephesians goes on and says, Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And then it says this, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So where are we? We're here, yeah, but we're also in the heavenly realms. Just so we can't see angels and demons and all the spiritual activity around us, we may not be able to see ourselves in the heavenly realms, but we are. I mean, as Paul wrote this book from prison, he was not just in prison, but in the heavenly realms. You are not just here, but you are in the heavenly realms, and it's there we are blessed more than we can ever, ever imagine. Now, it says here that we are uh, raised us up with Christ and seated us with him. So we are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. So where is Christ in the heavenly realms? And we know that Christ is at the right hand of God. Now, God doesn't like have like a big right hand and Christ is there. Uh, God is spirit, the Bible says. He is everywhere at all times. Uh, uh, the idea of being at your right hand is, is meaning a position of power and authority. So if you were a king, back in the days these were written, you have your throne, you had all the respect, all the honor, all the power. And if you invited someone to sit next to you, you would say, this person is equal with me, has the same authority, has the same power. They are seated at my right hand. And the idea of Christ being seated at the right hand of God is meaning that he is equal to and has the authority and the power of God because he is God in the triune nature. Luke 22 says, The Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the mighty God. Romans 8, Christ who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God. And then going back to Ephesians, it says this, he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come, that Christ is at the right hand of God, meaning he's in the position of ultimate authority and power over this universe, over the heavenly realms. He is there, and the question again is, where are we? With Christ seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. And this is what Ephesians says in chapter 2. 
God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. And, and this is the picture you have to have. There's the heavenly realms. They're integrated in everything we do. Christ is seated at the right hand. He has ultimate authority. And where are we? We're not somewhere dinkering off way over there, like, you know, little peons down there, and there's Christ up on the throne or whatever. We are actually seated with him in this position of authority with Christ at the right hand of God. That's where you are right now. I mean, you might be sitting here, but you're actually also seated with Christ at the right hand of God in the heavenly realms. There is no place that has greater privilege, no place of greater power, no place of greater honor, and that's where you are. Not because you are so good, it's because Christ is so good. And it's all about being in Christ. It's the theme of this book. In Christ, we are seated in this position. This should give you a whole new meaning to John chapter 14, where it says this, do not let your hearts be distressed. You believe in God, believe also in me. There are many dwelling places in my father's house, or some translations, mansions or rooms. Otherwise, I would have told you, because I'm going away to make ready a place for you. And I go and, and uh, make ready a place for you. I will come again and take you to be where, uh, with me, so that where I am, you may be too. Now, sadly, this text is often thrown into the context of heaven. That one day Jesus is going to come back and he's, he's going to make this dwelling place for us in heaven one day. And that's in the future when the reality is this is very much present. I mean, this is in the context of Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life. The issue of salvation that when we come to know Jesus, we have a place that he has made for us. And it's at the right hand of the Father in Christ, seated in the heavenly realms. In fact, this word dwelling places or mansions or rooms is only found one other time in the New Testament. And it's found in this chapter, and it makes it very clear that this is a reality now, not future. Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home or dwelling place. It's the same Greek word, with them. I mean, if you love Jesus, you have a home with the Father at his right hand in Christ Jesus right now. This is not something that like, one day I hope that I have a place and I'm going to get this room. You have it right now in the heavenly realms. You have a place that is more amazing than any other place you could ever imagine. And this is why the Bible, uh, I'll read Craig Keener's quote here. He's a New Testament scholar. He says this, what is the real point of John 14, two to three? Uh, it is not that Jesus will return and we will be with him someday, true as that teaching is from other texts. In other words, I mean, people always throw that text, it's talking about heaven. Uh, he says, no, it is that Jesus returned after his resurrection so Christians could have life with him, that he has already brought us into his presence and that we can experience the reality of his presence this very moment at all times because we are in him. We are seated with him in the heavenly realms at this very moment. Just as we can't see angels and demons, but they're here you're seated in a place of ultimate authority with Christ in the heavenly realms. This is why fit, uh, texts like this are so meaningful. John 14, I will not leave you as orphans. 
I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. This close relationship, but we are no longer orphans. It doesn't matter if you don't have a home here. You have a home. It's a place in the heavenly realms, and it's a place above places. It's the most beautiful place you could ever imagine seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. Now, quickly, two points of application. First of all, you need to live like your position in Christ is reality. This is a reality. Right now, you are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. Christ has all authority, all power. You're seated with him. And you got to live like this is a reality. This is who you are. You're not some little peon and God's way up there and you're just like have no strength and no power, no ability and, you know, evil is overtaking me. I can't do anything about it. Actually, you're in Christ in a position of authority. I mean, you're in his kingdom. Colossians 1, he has brought us into the kingdom of his son. Colossians 3 says, that we need to keep our mind fixed on this reality. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand, and you're there with him. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. In other words, this position in the heavenly realms needs to almost be more real in your position here. You need to be so much in your thoughts, so much carrying the way you walk in this life, so much a reality that I am seated in Christ, with Christ, in the heavenly realms, in this position of honor because he is so amazing. That's the way we ought to walk, especially when you're facing struggles and difficulties and, and, and issues you're facing. I mean, sometimes when I'm really struggling, like I'm starting to freak out about life or something, sometimes I'll just pause and I'll think about where I really am. And this is one of the ways you can use the gift of the imagination. You know, God has given you an imagination as a gift. One of the reasons he gives us an imagination is because the imagination can bridge the gap between what we don't see and what is real. I mean, I can't see angels and demons, but I can maybe imagine them around and it helps me kind of make sense. I can't see myself in the heavenly realms, but I can imagine myself in the midst of all my struggles just seated with Christ in the heavenly realms in this position of honor and glory. I tell you also, this, the anxiety and the fear just kind of goes, because look where I am. And that's where you are in Christ Jesus. And secondly, you need to live like you have power and authority. Jesus has ultimate power and authority, Philippians 2. God exalted him to the highest place. And you're seated in that place with him. And gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. That he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we're in him. We're, we're seated with him on the throne. It's not like, oh, because I'm so amazing. No, it's because Christ is so amazing. He's just, he's so gracious and he has transformed our identity into this new creation. We're, we're seated on this amazing throne. With, and just by the nature of us being in Christ, in the heavenly realms means we can walk with power and authority in this life. We don't have to let life beat us down and discourage us and let our situations overwhelm us because look where we are. And again, the reality of this position needs to be more real than what we're facing with 
in this day. I mean, Jesus said to his disciples, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. James 4 says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. In our position, even though there's angels and demons in the heavenly realms, because of our position in Christ, we have absolute authority over all evil in the heavenly realms. There's no demon, there's no attack of Satan that is stronger than our position in Christ. But we just need to walk in it. Resist the devil. I mean, sometimes like, oh, I just can't face this. It's too big. The temptation is too strong. I'm just a little, I can't do anything. I'm pathetic. Or last week, and I'm just a sinner, so I might as well sin because everybody's a sinner and I'm just a sinner. No, no, you're a saint who is seated with Christ in the heavenly realms, who is this amazing place of privilege, position, and power, and authority. Live like it. If you have to, just get that in your imagination as you walk through life. And he has given us weapons, 2 Corinthians 10. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does because we know that our battle is not against flesh and blood. But the battle is largely about these rulers and principalities, this unseen fourth dimension that we're a part of. We don't wage war like the world wages wars through pride and arrogance and power and, and uh, you know, uh, gossip or you know, whatever it might be. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient with, uh, to, to Christ. That I mean, because of this position, we have power. Because of the Holy Spirit in us. I mean, that's why the Bible talks about being more than overcomers. We're more than conquerors. That, that, that you and I are so, so blessed. And this is what Paul, I mean, he's writing this book to say, get this and live like this. In fact, I'll finish with one of his prayers in Ephesians chapter 1. It's just a prayer that he's praying. I just pray that the people in Ephesus would get this kind of thing, the power that they have and the position they have. And it's the same prayer for us. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Now, we're more richer than we think. I mean, you got to walk and live this. I am seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. If you're facing an issue this week, you're facing an issue right now, just take a moment and just picture that in your head. I'm seated with Christ in the heavenly realms far above all rule, power, authority, anything that could come against me because I'm in Christ and you're in Christ. Let's pray. Father, we just give you all honor and glory and praise for lavishing blessing on us that we, uh, we don't deserve, but uh, you're just amazing. And you have raised us up and you have seated with your son. And God, we're so honored to be in that place, to be seated with your son, uh, to be called a child of yours. 
God, I pray that you would help that to become more of a reality in our lives. God, that we would walk this life like we are seated with your son Jesus in the most powerful position in this universe. God, that we would not let discouragement discourage us. God, that we would not let our financial situation weigh us down. That we would not let what other people are saying about us change who we are because we are in you. God, I pray you would help us to walk with new life. That you would help us to walk in a way that we realize hey, there is no condemnation because we are in Christ. And God, that we would honor you, that we'd live on the high road, loving others in incredible ways and loving you in amazing ways as well. So God, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's stand as we close with the song.
who is a God who answers prayer. And, uh, and God has done some amazing things through prayer in this church. And if you need prayer for any reason, or I have a friend or a family member, member who needs prayer, you just need prayer yourself. Uh, there'll be people up here who would be more than happy to pray with you. Uh, Curtis and Terry will be up here, and uh, maybe Marie and Crystal will be up here as well. And they'll be happy to just lift you up in prayer, prayer for uh, whatever your uh, needs, needs are. Um, come out Wednesday if you're able, uh, 6 o'clock, 6 o'clock here. Bring some food and we can have a fire and ball game. Um, I think that's it. So let's close in prayer. God, I thank you for uh, your goodness to us. Uh, God, we honor you and praise you. Uh, God, we thank you for your work in our lives. We thank you for forgiveness and washing uh, our slate clean. God, we thank you for power that we can uh, leave and live life, God, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so God, help us, God, to love lavishly this week on every person we meet. God, help us to love you with all our heart, soul, and mind. God, help us to get involved in the lives of those around us so that we can see lives transformed. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.